Welcome to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and that over there is Howard Tybal. Hello. In beautiful high definition. There, no, you look good. Do I look good? Oh, you look fantastic, but you've always looked great. Okay, there we go. Now, what are we talking about today? We are. You are ab- about to uh, hit the road again, do another really big show. Uh, this time coming up in Orlando, Florida, the National Business Officers Association. Uh, you're going to be doing a change leadership workshop for these folks at their 2014 annual meeting, March 2nd through 5th. Uh, in Orlando, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about leadership and and uh, how to become a leader of change. What's what's uh, so so? I've had the pleasure of doing this uh, in the past, and what's really exciting about it is I think this topic is so timely for what uh, business officers, heads of schools, and their senior management teams are thinking about, which is at a high level, how do we think about bringing new and big ideas to what we're doing at the same time make sure that it's financially sustainable that it addresses the core mission of the institution and that it's something that the we can sort of lead the boards down the path that they want to go but really demonstrate that we're pushing the envelope as a group of leaders and it requires a certain kind of what is the term coined uh, change leadership. You know, it used to be change management, but you're hearing a lot more about change leadership, and I think it's a really important topic for today. Well, you know, it's, I, I think it is important. Uh, words uh, obviously mean something here, and in this case, uh, you know, the difference, the the nuance between manage and lead uh, is not lost on a lot of people, I think, especially for those who are, are struggling to kind of dance between the two concepts in their role as, as a, a team leader or a manager. Can you talk a little bit about what, uh, how those terms come to play and what you're going to be doing? Well, you know, what, what, what makes my work uh, not only become more interesting over time, but having better and better distinctions is actually working with groups and seeing how things play out in real time. And I just got the benefit of coming back from a, a, a leadership retreat uh, with a group. And one of the things we talked about is the difference between being a manager and being a leader. So this is the head of the organization and his senior leadership team. And the, the fascinating thing is when we got into this, this, the very simple distinction I brought to the table was this difference between managers manage tasks while leaders lead people. Uh, managers have subordinates. Leaders do not have subordinates. Now, you might hear me and say, well, yes, I do. Um, but when you're leading them, they're not a subordinate. They're a follower. There's somebody that is bought, has bought into where you're trying to take them. And one of the big differences, and I think the thing that leaders want to see more of, is how do I get my people to take risks? Well, around getting work done, it's really not about taking risks. Managing tasks is not about taking risks. It's about uh, making sure that with the constraints of time, money, and the resources, that we get all that stuff done, and I'll call that transaction work done. A lot of people uh, come up through the ranks and may have been trained to do the work, but now we're talking about how do you motivate others to do things in two domains. One, stay focused and get your work done, which, by the way, in itself is difficult. But this leadership concept of how do we get people to follow us 
and to take risks. That's a lot of what uh, we're going to get into in this meeting. Uh, and actually the balance between the two, because I think you have to do both well. I think that's critical that people who have people that report to them uh, need to know the difference between when they're getting people, I need you to focus and get this work done. And my job is to manage you to get that work done versus I need to find a way to motivate you to see about a direction we're going and that you actually see that this is your vision. It, it, it's two different competencies. You, you almost have to be you have to recognize when it's appropriate to switch into those different modes. You, uh, much of the meeting, or there's a large section of the meeting that is uh, uh, devoted to uh, your decision-making process. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about how the decision-making process relates to these two different modes? In terms of the program, just to give people who are listening to this a preview, we're going to start off by really talking about what is change management for the individual and what is change management for the organization. And there, there are very important distinctions there in terms of what you have to pay attention to to help people get through change. Um, we're going to transition from that to this decision-making model, which is really about having the right vision for where you want to go, knowing why it's important, and defining success, that becomes the foundation for then putting together a plan how you're going to get through it. So, for example, I was working with an independent school recently, and one of their things was we wanted to be able to step back and come up with some big ideas that we could demonstrate to our board uh, that we are going to take this organization, we're in a good position, we want to stay ahead of the curve. To do that, you have to be willing to first step back from what you're doing. And in some sense, and this is the hard part for most institutions and or individuals, which is, and we're going to get into this as a group, which is you've got a system and a process for the most part that's working. So you don't want to broke, you want to, you don't want to break what isn't broken. You don't want to say, we're going to stop doing this. But you do have to, in some way, step back and go, all right, how are we going to shake this thing up so that we can make room for new and better ideas? And the only way to do that is to have a long-term view of what the success is. So one of the things we're going to do uh, as a group, and I'm going to give people a chance to practice this and discuss it and listen to each other especially, is what does success mean for you? If you think down five years down the road, tell a story about what success looks like. And I'll tell you, that is a disciplined practice that no matter how many times I do it, it, it always surprises me the power of getting people to step out of looking forward, but to look back as if the success is in place and tell the story as if it was here. Next thing you know, you're hearing things that you wouldn't hear otherwise because people are often thinking about it in terms of uh, why we can't do things. So at a high level, we're going to get into decision-making, deconstruct that, but I'm going to encourage these leaders to be able to tell a story about what success looks like for their organization, and then we'll step into how do you get there? I love that you brought that up. I, I think, you know, when I think about these workshops and the challenge of workshops when you go to these association meetings, the challenge is, great idea, Howard. 
I have no idea how to integrate into the into my day to day. You know, after what I what you've taught me, and I I want to be I, I deeply want to be excited uh, when I leave to go back to work Monday morning eight a.m. Uh, how do you how do you coach people uh, about how they are going to take this and integrate it back into their into their uh, work a day? There's a methodology to decision making that they're going to learn and, and, they, and they'll have a choice about whether they want to integrate some of these ideas. For example, the last retreat I just led is after two days of intense dialogue and challenging each other and some difficult conversations, I asked people at the end of the day to say, all right, I want you to take out a piece of paper and write down two things. Give me two examples about something you're going to do differently when you go back. Now, what happens here is this... Instead of saying, you know, how are you going to start this process? Or what is the thing you're going to do that's going to do the vision? Everybody's got a different view of what they need to take the next step. So if you're in a room for 25 people, everyone's got to look for themselves and say, you know, my problem is not my people. My problem is I have an articulated vision. Somebody might say, you know what? I got a great vision. I've told people I can't get my people to focus on writing the plan. So... The, the, the thing I found with workshops that works well, that people appreciate, is give them the opportunity at the end to say, what is the very next thing you have to do to start building some momentum in the right direction? And to be perfectly honest, I'm drawing from what I do to be successful, right? I'm always asking myself, what is the thing I have to do to build to, to create the beginning sense of momentum so it becomes, it almost like lives on its own, right? Uh, we, I'm digressing here, but what's interesting is we were talking about goals. And goals are really interesting because one of the conversations we had as a group was, are the goals in our strategic plan really pressing us sufficiently? And should we, or are these things we're going to do anyways? So a lot of what we're looking to do when we set up a strategic plan and when we're trying to get people to, trying to get our, our, our teams to do the work, is we're framing a big picture where we want to go. And now what we have to do is sort of break it down into the sort of the discrete tasks to get there. When you uh, step up in front of the, uh, in front of the group, uh, can you describe for me your perfect audience? Who do you think would really benefit from the, the work that you're going to be doing in this session? That's a great question. People who come in who know there's a bunch of things they don't know. People who are recognize in themselves that being a lifelong learner is at the heart of what's going to allow them to continue to get better and motivate others. The people who have the hardest time with change leadership and change management are people who come in thinking that the real competency is that I'm an expert. The real competency is that I know I know stuff. I'm an expert in finance. I, I'm an expert in a particular industry. And what I found over time is that the people who get the most value from these kinds of workshops put their expertise aside and say to themselves, what I'm learning, to, what I want to get out of this focuses on something I might have a blind spot around. There's a certain kind of humbleness that's required to learn. 
for adults, right? For kids, it's a different kind of thing, right? But for adults, we, 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 we put on a different kind of outfit. You know, we, we dress the part that we think conveys that we know what we're doing. And it's really scary to get up in front of people and say, you know what? I don't know as much as I think I know. Uh, I know that's true about me. And it's taken me a long time in my career to recognize that my value to others is not what I know, but my ability to bring out in others. And I think that is true for leaders of heads of schools or, or business officers. Business officers, and the dilemma business officers have, is they're hired because the presumption is they're experts in finance. But in fact, if you put a bunch of business officers behind closed doors and they were honest with each other, they would, they would say there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things, stuff I do know. And, the, and my guess is it's hard to reveal that we don't have all the answers. So at the heart of, at the heart of a great group is that they're motivated to learn and they recognize that having the answers is not the way to become more competent. I love that message. I think you know in our conversations of the past. I get giddy when you talk about that I message in particular. I am smiling. I am. I'm ear to ear. I, you know, I love this this idea of we we dress for the part we, you know, we think we need to play, and and uh, there is such magic. And you know, you think about why this organization, you know, organizations like NBOA exist to support its membership is to help you to to address these questions. NBOA is remarkable um, in that what what they really do at its heart is they it, it's a demonstration of of the value that it is to bring together peers to learn from each other. At the heart of a great association and I think that's the mindset that the leadership of NBOA brings is what we want to do is bring people together who really don't get the benefit of learning from each other, uh, to be able to see what each other is working on and have that kind of dialogue, the way I conduct my workshops is very much in that vein, which is it's much less about what I have to tell you. It's much more about what you're taking away and the dialogue. So we'll be doing a lot of uh, at at you know tables. People will be working together through some of these problems, and they'll be learning from each other. And they'll be learning some of the, some things from me. So it, it's a great program, and uh, it's a real privilege to lead. This is wonderful. Glad to see you are, are going back again to this session. And uh, so great to have a partner like NBOA for Tybal Inc. This is a, a Absolutely. wonderful continued opportunity for everybody. So uh, thank you so much, Howard. Do we have any other announcements to announce to people? I, I, think, we're, I think that wraps us up. Boy, I was trying to think if I'd come up with a creative announcement about something about me or something I'm doing, but you know, we'll, we'll save the really exciting things for next time. Uh, well, that's a teaser if I've ever heard one. Yeah, uh, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been a great conversation, folks. If you want to find out more about uh, Howard Tybel, this podcast, or NBOA coming up in March, you can head over to tybelink.com. You'll find uh, you know all the information about Howard's speaking schedule on the events page. Head over to nboa.net. 
net and look for the uh, the annual meeting uh, notification there, the NBOA 2014 annual meeting in Orlando, where you'll be able to find everything uh, that you want to know about attending the conference and uh, joining Howard on March 2nd. That's Sunday, March 2nd, to kick off with the Change Leadership Workshop. Uh, again, tybelink.com. Find us in iTunes. Subscribe to the show for free so you don't ever miss an episode of Change Management Awesome from Howard Tyler. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. On behalf of Howard Tybel, I'm Pete Wright. We will catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybel, Inc.